Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Yes, it is. And a great big Arizona good morning to you all. Thank you for tuning in this morning. Here on the beginning front end of our Arizona summer, we want to talk today about making that back patio more comfortable so you can enjoy the outdoors here through now till October. In studio with me this morning is Mr. Bruce Stumble from uh, Rosie Remodeling. Bruce, thanks for taking your Saturday and joining me in here, buddy. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, we weren't sure if my voice could last the full show, and uh, Romy was camping up on the north rim of the Grand Canyon, and I wasn't sure he was going to get back. Yeah, man. I, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have come back. Oh, that's I'd, for sure. I'd still be up there. Oh. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't have seen me. Absolutely. So this morning we're going to get started. This hour talking about making your back patio more comfortable, but we'll take calls on any project you're trying to get done around your house, home, castle, or cabin. One triple eight seven six seven forty three forty eight. Put you in touch with our call screener who'll get your name and your question, and we'll get you on air just as quick as we can. All right, the basics. You move into that new house, and the builder poured you a little three-by-five concrete slab out the back door, and the rest of the backyard is a blank slate. No patio cover, no nothing. Got you a dirt lot. You've got yourself a dirt lot with no shade. And the first thing I tell people is, look, if we're going to create any kind of outdoor sitting area in Arizona, your number one consideration is shade. You've got to get into shade. You're going to immediately take about 15 to 20 degrees off the perceived temperature. The ambient temperature is going to be the same, but you lose that direct heat gain from the sun. So in shading your back patio, you know, you've got several options. There's the shaded pergolas that now they've gotten pretty sophisticated they with have. smart technology they where they're like the old jealousy windows with slats that move and you can close them when you want and open them when you want, mm-hmm. letting a little breeze and sunlight through. But should the monsoon come in and you want to sit out there and listen to the raindrops hit the aluminum top of the roof, that's pretty nice yeah. too. And they're so much more durable too than you know you'd see a lot of the old wood pergolas and stuff we see in backyards and unfortunately unless you stay on top of maintaining them you know staining them sealing them they just get dried out and get a little water on them here or there so a lot of these aluminum products and some of these other ones just seem to to do better out in the sun here absolutely and one of the things do-it-yourselfers will do wrong very often is attach or install shade sails mm-hmm. and they put uh, teacup hooks in their fascia and then they grommet a sunscreen and they hook it on there and then they take it out to a pole in the yard and drive it no one realizes how much force those shades are exposed to in a even just a mild gentle breeze mm-hmm. oh you just think about uh 
if you have a flagpole on the front of your house. And just watch what that three by five flag does in the wind here. And then imagine you've now got a six foot by 10 foot sail that you've attached to the fascia of your house, which is just nailed on to the rafter ends, basically. You know, it's not, it's not meant to uh, hold a sail in your backyard. It wasn't too long ago. I was at a client's house in the Arcadia area where he had installed his own shade screen on the side of the yard where he had his little dog run, you know, to shade the dog. Mm -hmm. And by the time I got there, as a matter of fact, it was last summer, uh, during the monsoons. It It was about July. By the time I got there, 12 feet of a two by 10 fascia was laying on the ground attached to a shade sail. And I got to talking to this gentleman. He said, yeah, I started with cup hooks and grommets. And those got ripped out right away. He says, so then I threw bolted the fascia to the shade screen and mechanically attached the shade screen to the fascia. And well, that, I mean, you're taking, this home was Arcadia, Built in the late 50s, early 60s. Back then, our fascias were nailed on with 20-penny mm-hmm. uh, hot-dip galvanized <laughs> nails, the strongest gripping uh-huh. nails you could buy. Uh-huh. And this shade sail, which was only about 4 feet wide but about 12 feet long, ripped off 12 feet of a 2 by 8 rough-sawn fascia uh, just ripped it right off. Yeah, right. Drip edge, the first two shingles of the of the roof, and everything. Those through boats, they uh, they held. <laughs> yeah, through boats held. They sure did. So shade's important. Uh, I'm not a big believer in installing your own shade sail. If you could see the engineering footing reports for what you have to do to really install those correctly, you'd You'd be intimidated You'd, and impressed at the same time. You need a pretty significant grounded structure to mount those because they represent so much uplift. When those storms come in, creating uplift, they'll pull those poles right out of the ground, and your shade sail is now becoming uh, a, a javelin, yeah. you know, into your neighbor's backyard. Yeah. Walls and find it in your pool and oh, everywhere, everywhere else. else. And who knows how much damage it's done. So talking shade, I'm a big believer in a solid roof back patio. Now, a lot of people cheat there as well. They get their 2x6 or 2x8 rafters and they put them up to the fascia and they back nail them through the fascia. Uh, and that's not to code. You actually need to cut your roof overhang back to the bearing plate of the back wall, and those two by six fascias or two by eight, two by six or two by eight joists need to rest on the top plate of your exterior wall, and they need to be hurricane strapped in place. Now, once you've done that, you have to decide how far out you're going to go. And I'm a big believer in deep patios, mm-hmm. you know. You put a 12-foot patio on, and you put a four-and-a-half-foot coffee table out there with chairs all the way around it. You don't have room to sit there and play a card game or visit 
or barbecue or eat and walk around. Run out of space real fast on a small patio like that. Golly. So I say make it as deep as you can. And generally speaking, just so you know, most lumber yards uh, will help you with this. You'll need a building permit. You have footings for the support post. You have the appropriate size bearing post. You have the appropriate size header to support the outside edge of the patio. Then you've got the appropriate size joist. And a two by six will generally span almost 12 feet. A two by eight, almost 16 feet. Not quite, but pretty close. That's a rule of thumb. And I believe where where, I, where we cheat just a little bit is rather than run that joist from the bearing plate flush to the exterior beam, we cut a crow's mouth in that joist so that it raises it up just a little bit. And the reason we want it raised up a little bit is because the very next thing you're going to do after you put this patio on and after you put the roof on and after you get it painted, what's the very next thing you're going to do? You're going to want to put a fan up there. <laughs> you're going to put a ceiling. And if you're as tall as Bruce, putting that ceiling fan at any less than eight feet is going to be dangerous. Yeah, you uh, have some uh, marks on your forehead if you don't think about that. It'll be a guillotine. Uh, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now, let me tell you a couple tricks that you may not know about ceiling fans. The less number of blades on a fan, the more air the fan will move. And if you tuck that fan in too close to the ceiling, it won't move very much air either. So put it as long a stem as you can and still be safe and as few blades as possible. Generally threes, as, as few as you can go. There are some outdoor fans that are actually single bladed, which mm -hmm. are pretty cool. They move the most amount of air. Intuitively, you would think, well, I'll get a five blade out there and it'll move the most air. And it doesn't. No. It moves the least amount of air. Yeah, it, it definitely is is counterintuitive. You look at a big five-bladed fan whipping, yeah, you know, going real fast, but it's tucked up against that ceiling. You stand underneath it and you think, where's all this air this thing's making? But it's, uh, it's not moving a whole lot. It it's, looks good. It's, but. it's just cavitating mm -hmm. is all it is. And I would tell you to buy a fan rated for the outdoors. And I would tell you to seriously consider spend enough money for the better fans that have a real wood blade on them. Because if you get the simulated wood or the vinyl wood in the heat, they'll start sagging. And pretty soon the fan blades look like an upside down buttercup. <laughs> yeah. yeah, even some of the, you'll see outdoor rated, but they have those... Um, you know, simulated wood blades. Yeah. After a few years, uh, you know, I don't know where they test those things, but I'm not sure it's uh, 112 degrees wherever they test them out. They, they can sag after a couple of years. So be, be careful with that. So we've talked about the solid roof cover and the guidelines on putting that up and getting a little electricity out there for your ceiling fan. While you're out there running electric or you've got the electrician at the house, Go ahead and run some speaker wires out there. Mm. Sooner or later, you're going to want a whole house stereo sound system. You might as well get the wiring put in at that point while you're doing it. The next few things I want to talk about is other auxiliary shades, as well as do you mist a back patio or do you put an evap cooler on the back patio? 
What are the other ways we can get these patio environments cooled down to the point you can enjoy them all year long? Just like we did the 4th of July weekend. We had the whole family over. I mean, we had my two daughters, the son-in-laws. I had my son, the daughter-in-law, the kids. I had my mom, my sister. And just right about the middle of the barbecue, the doorbell rang. And I thought, well, who isn't here yet? For heaven's sakes, we got the whole gang here. And it was my neighbor. And he said, Rosie, do you realize you've got 11, 11 Sanderson Ford vehicles parked out in your front yard? I said, yeah, I know that. It's the only place we buy. It's the only place I let my family buy. It's the only place I let my friends buy. And I tell you what. From all my family, all my friends, and all my work associates that I send to Sanderson Ford, they all only have one thing to say. That was the best car buying experience I've ever experienced in my life. Sanderson Ford, get over there and check them out. That sounds good. Sounds better than me. <laughs> Well, they say the voice is going to come back better and better every week. So we're really looking forward to that. Yeah, I think everybody is. <laughs> keep, keep exercising it. We keep. get comments from a lot of our listeners that, gosh, Rosie sounded good. Rosie sounded good. And, you know, we hear you talk every day. And I just keep thinking, man, I don't notice the difference. And then I was looking through some archive. I was listening through some archives trying to find some information we had covered in the past, and it was one of the first broadcasts you were back on. I thought, ooh. Try, I was ooh, trying we, to make it back on. We, we let him on like that? <laughs> <laughs> you really are getting stronger. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, okay, so we're talking how to make that back patio more comfortable so you can enjoy it all summer long. And one of the first things I forgot to talk about is never buy a house where the back patio isn't facing north. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> you get that south southwest facing back patio, oh, man. It's hot back there. Th- that takes a whole new level of shade protection. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that when I bought my house that I'm in, and we've been in the house thirty years, and the back patio faces exactly due west, and you have to protect yourself from that area becoming a heat sink. So we were talking about shade sales a little bit ago and how I don't encourage homeowners to do those as a do-it-yourself project. Another thing you can do is roll down shades. And these roll down, um, quite frankly, at my house, they roll down in May. (laughs) And and they're down until about Halloween. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And they come on uh, bungee cord uh, anchors. Uh, they go down to about eight inches above the ground, and they bungee cord elastic so that in a breeze, they have a little give to them so they won't tear, but they're not free-flying everywhere. And flapping around. We we see that, too, where you know, people put those do-it-their-self roll down, but they don't think about, you know, I get a little breeze here. I need something to anchor that down so that couple of bungee cords and, and some anchors on the ground is a, a great way to deal with that. Makes all the difference in the world. Now, I'll tell you, I haven't figured this out yet, but someday I'm going to. Uh, 
when we're going to do a barbecue on the back patio with this west facing and and our patio's deep i like i don't think 16 feet is too deep 14 feet the very least 12 feet gets crowded really really fast so 14 16 feet lower these shades that are to do west you now have almost a four-sided enclosed outdoor screen room and then you take your hose and you wet those shade screens and if there's some way i could figure out how to do that without creating an unbelievable maintenance nightmare Mm -hmm. i mean it cools that back patio off 15 to 20 degrees oh yeah i've been i've been back there after you've done that and it's uh it's about like an evaporative cooler that you've created it is it's absolutely delicious very passive but that would age the screen so fast and create a hard water problem so quickly that you'd be creating a huge maintenance nightmare. So I do it with a hose occasionally, but I haven't developed that automated system yet. But what we then do is we think about, okay, we've got the shade, we've got the solid roof, we've got ceiling fans spaced about every eight feet apart. Uh, They're rated outdoors. They're real wood blades. Um, Now... I want to gain the next level of comfort. And we're going to go to exactly what you just mentioned, the evap cooler. Yeah, those evap coolers, uh, you know, they've kind of fallen out of favor as far as your house goes. It's just with our modern air conditioning systems, they just don't make as as much sense as they used to. And, you know, you're dealing with that real humid air that you're pumping into your house. And it's just, it's just... Rich with pollen. Mm-hmm. There's just there's better ways to do it now. But your back patio is a great place for an evaporative cooler. Uh, you get one set down on one end of your patio, point it down to where you know everyone's going to be hanging out around the table and eating and everything else. And and with those shades you've got down and some fans going, I mean, gosh, you can be very comfortable. Oh yeah, it's uh, it can be. 110 outside that patio, and it, it definitely is not underneath and, and in front of that EVAP. Yeah. So the EVAP cooler, we feel, is probably one of the best ways to cool down your back patio. If you have it, the area contained a little bit, and these roll-down shades give you just enough static pressure that you can cool that enclosed area off, and it'll retain it to some degree. If you have no shades... You, you lose the cooling effect pretty quick the minute you move outside the direct directional air of the evap cooler. But the roll around evap coolers uh, work very, very well. And, I, and so you're asking me about misting systems. Well, we've done a lot of misting systems, and there are some pluses and some minuses about them that I want to cover. But at the point that evap cooler on the back patio needs a little extra help, To cool it off another 10 degrees, open the back of it, and throw 15 pounds of ice. (laughs) And let that ice cold water go over the pad. Super cooling. That's what I'm talking about. We're about ready to get comfortable right now. Now see, with the right sound system... You could be sitting on that back patio today listening to that music. Enjoying a cup of coffee. Oh, man. 
Shall I give a shameless plug? That's Arizona living right there. Okay. Give a shameless plug. Yeah, why not? Because uh, you mentioned an evap cooler and yes. how you throw a bunch of ice on it, too, as well. Yes. If you want one of the best evap coolers you've ever seen, go to rosieonthehouse.com e-store. We've got the Patio Pal that has a built-in ice chest and an evap cooler. So you can throw all your drinks in there, throw the ice in there, the ice melts into the evap cooler. You yeah. It, it, two in one. You it can, is. It, it, you can't miss. It's one of those things, Gary, you say, God, I wish I'd have thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> Another million-dollar idea. Another million-dollar idea. And a 144-quart ice chest at that, so you can put lots uh, of cold drinks. Four cases of water in there, which will be enough for uh, you know it should be, it should last you all day. <laughs> should it absolutely should depending on how big a party you got going on. They're made right here in Arizona uh, by Phoenix Manufacturing, and they've got a couple different models. There's the patio pile he was talking about. There's a shot blaster that has a toolbox on top, and also has a radio. So while you're in your garage working, and these and are that's actually a, that's a little. Blue Bluetooth receiver, too, as well. You could play Amazon Music off your phone on that, can't you? I think so. I think so. I know there's a USB plug-in, so you can plug in your phone or whatever device. I don't know if it's got a Bluetooth. I I don't remember. It's been a while since I played it. But you can listen to your own music on it. Well, and the interesting thing, these are are discontinued for the time being. So once once what's stored in the warehouse is gone, I don't know if we're going to see that uh come back into into production well, i'm glad i found that i may get two more just just <laughs> to have them but they're roll around evap coolers uh and because they're on the ground you only have to maintain them once a year when you put them up in october you open them all up you get your little karsher uh power washer power wash it let it dry out put it together wrap it in a canvas wrap boom she's put away for the whole winter and because these are under roof whether it's your garage or your patio because of the lack of exposure to the sun uh and yeah. and rain the amount of rust and, and fading that happens is, is extremely reduced well so we're talking about this hypothetical patio that's 14 to 16 feet deep it's got ceiling fans about every eight feet it's got roll down shades to kind of enclose the area to create some static pressure for the evap cooler you're going to put in there, and evap cool. You now have created really an outdoor room uh, that you can live in. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm out there drinking my coffee in the morning. I'm out there drinking my iced tea in the evening. And you, I was talking about running speakers out there. Um, yeah, I, I watch my TV out there oh, yeah. more than I watch my TV in my living room. Sit out there and... Watch uh, LSU football once it starts up because it's, uh, it's still a little warm that time of year. Well, I, well, I was watching the All-Star game last week and watching the D-backs uh, uh, since the beginning of the season. I, I just love sitting out on my back patio. And when I see back patios that aren't being used, it's because you haven't uh, strategically addressed the comfort level of it. So we're asked a lot about misting systems. Mm-hmm. And... And, and we've installed many, many misting systems. But one of the things you have to know about misting systems is the kind that you put on your household supply line isn't going to do a thing except get you wet. wet. Yeah. <laughs> a misting system that you've experienced at a restaurant or in a public area, 
These are compressors that are pushing the water out of micron openings at 1,000 PSI. They're actually atomizing the water as it leaves the little jet nozzle. That's the only way you can cool, literally cool the ambient temperature in the surrounding area without introducing just an, an uncomfortable amount mm. of moisture. Yeah, and you with those systems that you just screw onto your hose bib, you know, you just end up with puddles all over That's your it. patio. And it's just, you know, they provide some relief, I suppose, but it's nothing like the real deal. Well, we've actually done some experiments in a couple systems we've installed where if you're shaded, you've got the misting system on, and it's June, and the outside relative humidity is about 9 or 10 or 11 percent. And in the sun, it's 110, 112, 115 degrees. You can be back under the patio with the misting system, ex with the ceiling fans or not, experiencing about 30 to 35 mm -hmm. degree cooler environment. Yeah, yeah. It uh... when you're Tommy Bahama shorts and <laughs> and shirt, that's comfortable. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It uh, it's hard to believe that you could achieve that big of a temperature difference with just some good planning and and like we've talked about the shades and evap and fans but you know if you set set up your patio right um with these products and um it's it's amazing how you can extend your outdoor living you yeah. know it's uh time wise mm -hmm. and space wise mm -hmm. you're you're actually capturing another whole room to the house you really are for 10 to 11 more months of the year Mm -hmm. And I know, uh, at least in our household, but a lot of us with uh, the different changes to uh, uh, power schedules, you know, you're off peak and everything. I do a heck of a lot more outside cooking now and, and having <laughs> having that patio set up nicely, you know, really lets you get into it. Because if you don't have a good patio, the last thing you want to be doing in a 112 degree weather is standing next to a 400 degree grill. Yeah, Exactly. I, and I still have that axe to grind with APS, but it is what it is. I should not have to wait till after Jeopardy's over to start <laughs> to start cooling my house down. I should not have to wait that long. Or I should not have to wait till 8 o'clock to cook my dinner. Fortunately, I'm on a dual energy home, mm -hmm. so, of course, we use the stove or the barbecue out back. But like you say, if you're smart and you're in an all-electric home, you're doing a lot of barbecuing mm -hmm. in the summer. To keep the heat out of the house, as well as to not turn that stove on. That the, your oven is almost as big a villain to your energy bill as your air conditioning unit. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely! It uh, you know I am not fortunate enough, enough to have uh, natural gas in my neighborhood, but that's what propane's for. So yeah. I've got a, a propane cooktop out back and a propane grill, and and uh, get out underneath there under that shade and and keep that oven turned off inside so. yeah so we we continue to get a lot of questions about super cooling i was consulting with a man in uh, north paradise valley just this past week and he's on the saver's choice plan and uh he's in in 2700 square feet he's seeing bills of 500 dollars. Hmm. you know where he's uh paying 16 to 18 cents a kilowatt and so I sent him a copy of my bill that I got in the mail Monday. 
and I go through a lot of electricity. Mm-hmm. I, I, I go through a lot of electricity, <laughs> folks. But on that bill, I bought 91% of my power off-peak. Mm-hmm. So the strategy is move everything after 8 o'clock or before 3 o'clock. And then use your natural gas. I mean, we've gotten to the point where we take our big pots and use them like an oven, put whatever we're trying to warm up for dinner in the big pot, put it on the uh, gas cooktop with a scorch protector on the bottom, turn it on low, and it, it bas- yeah. you, you basically have a gas-powered oven at that point. Yep, and it's, that's why uh, this whole, you know, creating that great outdoor space on your patio, it's just, you know, allows you to enjoy that, you know, it, and, and be out there and, and adapt your life to some of those changes we've had to make and, and be able to enjoy that space. I put on those cool rags. What are they called? Cool Rush. Cool Rush. I put on a Cool Rush rag. Put on my little LSU visor, <laughs> my Jimmy, what are they called? Jimmy Maui sunglasses? Uh, Maui Jim. Maui Jim sunglasses. And I'm in my Key West shorts and fishing shirt, and I'm out there flipping hamburgers and cooking hot dogs, perfectly comfortable, listening to great Cajun music. And the cold rush towel Rosie's talking about is something that we sell at the Rosie on this East store. I've also seen it in just about every hardware store. I think there's REI another manufacturer yeah. that has it, and they're great. They're less than ten bucks. It's I'm not sure what exactly what the material's made out of, but you soak it in water. It retains that water. You put it around your head. You know, I when I'm cleaning stalls and it's triple digits, I'll put it over my head and then the hat over the top, yeah. and it covers my shoulders. And I mean it. Everyone in the house has one because of how big of a difference it does in helping maintain your body temperature. But uh, I became addicted to them on the rim-to-rim hike of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I bet that would help on that 26-mile I mean, it, helps a, it, mile it helps a lot. Something interesting we missed. Last month, we had our solar uh, and, and energy month at Rosie on the House. In one of our broadcasts, we talked about all the individual items that you can do solar assist. And it was all things related to uh, built-in solar panels. You know, you've got a solar panel on a radio uh, that you yeah. can use, solar-powered flashlights. There's one solar aspect we miss, and I didn't think about it until we were packing for our camping trip last week. We have a solar oven. It doesn't have any solar power, but it has these reflective panels that fold open and redirect the sun. It's like what we used into... to build at Camp Geronimo yeah. with <laughs> aluminum foil, right? But it's a lot nicer. Yours is a nice unit. And the nice thing about that is you were talking about cooking on the outside and not using that energy on the inside of your home. Right. You know, it's really counterproductive. We all like a hot meal even in the heat. But to use electric to heat the inside of your home to cook and use electric to cool the inside of your house. The AC's kicking on. <laughs> uh Th- these solar ovens, you can put it together, and when you time it right, you just set it out, face it towards the sun, and you know maybe an hour, maybe two hours, maybe three hours, depending on what you're cooking, you come back and it's done, so you don't have to sit there over your hot barbecue or your hot outdoor gas, you know whatever, fill in the blank you're using for cooking. Just make sure your dog is tied down well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you find some of your dinner missing. I-, I would like to get one like you have, because that's a good one. Yeah, and I'm going to have to find that because uh, Dan and, oh gosh, I, I can picture their faces right now, but they used to have what was called off-the-grid survival 
store oh, in Prescott. Prescott. Yeah. But he all he does now is train train dogs, canine oh. like for, uh, like what you would have at, at canine unit oh. type dogs, working dogs. Okay, yeah. So I don't have to find out where you would buy something. But like those that solar now. ovens—that's another way that you can delay your electric consumption, and another way you can get outside and enjoy it. Now you don't want to put the solar oven. On the shaded patio with the mystics. No, no. I, it that probably, needs to go uh, out in the sun. Dinner might take a while to cook if you do that. So. so there's the hypothetical. The last thing you want to consider, or not the last thing, there's a million things you want to consider. But the other thing I see people do a lot is they run pavers over the top of their concrete slab back there. And I love pavers. Uh, I, I'll, I'll do pavers 10 to 1 over concrete patios anymore but go to a light as light a colored paver as you can because the darker pavers can create a heat sink that they heat up a huge thermal mass right up against your house then they radiate that heat right up to this patio cover you've just built then you turn the ceiling fan on and you're just churning all this hot air yeah, you're moving a lot of hot air around, and it, you know, is that that little bit of coolness we get in the evening, and you've just ruined it with some really dark pavers that are just letting all that heat off. And then you got the three blade fans that are really moving that air. Around. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I love pavers. I would tell you on a back patio, consider a lighter color. Uh, they make them so that you can just overlay them over the top of the concrete slab that's there and give you a more continuous surface from the back of your house right onto the back patio. It makes an absolutely wonderful sitting environment. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's all my tips on, and they're not all my tips, and it's not all the tips, but there's a bunch of tips on trying to create an outdoor living environment here and this works for Prescott and it works for Payson, all of those areas. We've got a VAP cooler on the property up in the White Mountains, and it's absolutely delicious. You have to turn it off about 6 30 at night, you freeze yourself to death. But during the day, it's absolutely perfect. So, these strategies are pretty much for Arizona wide. Well, we've built that dream back patio on the back of your house here in the last hour. And in the last break, we had a caller call in and say, Rosie, I understand how you're describing to attach this to the back of your house. But how about if you're trying to attach it to the gable end of a house? And that's a little bit different. It tell is. Them, tell them how we do that at Rosie Yeah, so that's uh, for, for anyone who's not familiar um that'd be a side of your house where you you don't have that overhang so you've typically got that uh, attic vent up there so you got to approach that a little differently you got to start by uh cutting into the siding because you're going to have to install what we call a ledger board so you'd you'd cut into that siding expose that space um and then you're going to need what we call a z flashing so you're going to get a metal flashing that's going to tuck underneath whatever that siding material is 
that's going to go out on top of the ledger board because if you just uh, stick that ledger on there and put a little caulk around it, you're going to run into problems you're down gonna, the road. You're going to hate yourself in about oh, five yeah. years. Yeah, you're, if, if you make it that long, you'll be yeah. lucky. So, so you get that flashing in there, um, and then you're going to install that ledger board. Uh, you're going to lag bolt that to the structure that's back there. And then you can put your, your metal uh, strap hangers on there and, and get your rafters up and go from there. There you go. So the, 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 the again, the mistake do-it-yourselfers make is they just lag screw a 2 by 12 over the top of the siding mm-hmm. and they hang their joists off that. And that really creates a mess. Yeah, it does. It just... And it's not to cope. No, not not at all. So, and that's why you know you certainly can do it yourself. But uh, you know, getting a hold of of a professional is always good. And let's see if we can bring John into the conversation real quick. He's got a project he wants to tackle, but he's got a question about the weather. Um, is John there? Morning, John. Yes. <clears throat> Morning, Rosie. Hey, what you what you what you trying to get done, my friend? Well, I'd like to add another row of block to the top of the block wall that surrounds my backyard. It's oh. about a five-foot wall now. I'd like to add another row. Okay. Of, and uh, I'm concerned about the mortar uh, being weak because of the heat. Do you think it might be better to wait until cooler weather? Are you going to do it yourself? No. No. Well, if you're going to hire a mason, he's got all the tricks to keep it to keep it moist enough right through the middle of the summer no problem what he's going to keep his mud board wetter he's going to keep the wheelbarrow wetter he's going to wet the block wall first but you can you can lay masonry virtually any time of year except when it's freezing then you have to go through a lot of special considerations but just because it's hot outside doesn't mean you can't extend that uh block fence in the backyard go ahead and go ahead and extend it Oh, that's awesome. Thank you very much. And also, congratulations on your recovery. You're sounding better and better all the time. Well, thanks. They <clears throat> Apparently, what they did was paralyze my vocal cords by all the tubes they stuck mm. down my throat and left them there. I guess they had to do that. Yeah, I, it, uh, I guess they were necessary at I the time. I guess talking like this is better than what the option is, right? Not talking. Yeah, but sign they, language doesn't work on the radio very well. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but they paralyzed my vocal cord in the open position. So I run out of air before I run out of sentence. <laughs> but they do say that they have a little procedure. They're going to take care of this. And I should sound just like my old self in the very near future. So I And I feel good. So thank you very much, John, for the comments. I'm I'm feeling better and better every day. Stronger and stronger. This is our 9 o'clock hour. We've switched our hour a little bit where uh, our 9 and 10 o'clock hour. 9 o'clock is now our on-the-house topic where we spend one hour on something specifically on the house. And the whole month of July, if you're following along in our home maintenance calendars, exterior accents, today's topic was all the things we can do on our back patio. Uh, Next hour, our 10 o'clock hour, is now our open home hour. Completely open to you, the caller, the listener, at 1-888-767-4348. That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. Text questions can be sent to 411-923, or you can send an email to info at rosieonthehouse.com. Anything you want to talk about, your home, castle, or cabin. 